Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a study we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart. Developing a Disciple's Heart. And we're talking about um, that concept, and we've been talking in, in that uh, concept about priming the pump. The heart's like a pump, and, and uh, we, we said that you know, our, our hearts need to be primed. Um, that the foundation for all of this is Jesus talking about, you know, the most important thing is loving God and loving others. And uh, since it's the most important thing, it's what we need to be focusing on. And, and to make that practical, I've said, you know, to try and do those things, what I think we need to do is be thankful every day for five things. That reminds us of who God is and how much he loves us so that we love him well. Um, that we're to encourage others, that's loving others. And that the way that we love ourselves is by doing the next right thing. It's the, the best thing you can do in your own life is keep trying to do the next right thing. That those three things are sort of a very practical walking out of what it looks like to be a disciple and where our hearts ought to be headed. But uh, we also know, and I've said that life being what it is, it's very easy to get distracted and then go off course. Um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And even though my deepest desire is to be with Jesus, to be his disciple, to follow and serve him, uh, sometimes my flesh, my selfishness, my issues get in the way. So we've decided that um, developing a disciple's heart requires something to help us that's even more practical. And we decided we would call that a, a, a primer. That we would, we would dig into some stuff and try and develop something that we can move towards, something tangible in our lives to help us work through this. And so we, we have in the works um, some electronic stuff to help you. And uh, so we'll, we'll probably print out some little booklets and some ideas to help you really move through this stuff. But in, in doing this, we're going to really break it down, this primer, over a series of weeks to what you can then condense into hopefully 20 or 30 minutes every day that really primes that pump for you that really gets you connected in a good way, that keeps the busyness from getting in, that keeps you from getting distracted uh, so easily. And, and really, I think in life that happens a lot. You know, we, it's easy to get distracted. Um, even when we're, we're trying to do the next right thing, uh, it, it's, we can get bombarded with things. When we came in here today, we came in nice and early to practice. And uh, a couple of days ago, we updated the software on our, on our music board. And when we came in, it wasn't working the way it should. And so instead of having plenty of time to practice, it took an hour to straighten that mess out. And now, instead of having an hour plus, we had nothing except 15, 20 minutes. So now we're backed up into that. And then other things are breaking. And, and I'm up there in my music stand, and I set something down on the side funny, and the whole thing crashes over, and my guitar picks run everywhere. And then, does, has this ever happened to you guys? And then I get something else that goes on. And, I, and, I'm, and, and so it's, uh, there's all these distractions. And I have to get back to the fact that, you know, uh, God is God. And it's going to be okay. But life is like that. It wants to pull me away. And I, and I need to get back to what really matters. Because in those kind of situations sometimes... We forget what matters, we get very selfish, and that's when we do stuff we shouldn't do. We get sharp with people, we get sarcastic, we, we say things we shouldn't say, we do things we shouldn't do, we get frustrated. All those things happen, and that's not what's supposed to be going on. So we're, we're talking about um, priming the pump, and I said there's like seven ideas that I have uh, to, to help us do that every day. It's about getting focused, and getting thankful, and getting connected, and getting dressed, and getting encouraged. 
and then get her done, and then get her done with a question mark, which is sort of a reflection on how the day went and how you did, so you can do better tomorrow. So we've launched into this um, by talking about getting focused. And uh, last week, we, we talked about Hebrews 10, 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. And we, we talked about what that means, the most holy place, the, the throne room of God. And that when we're there, we can get a throne room perspective about what life looks like. And we always, we need to keep getting back to that because um, so many of the little things that bother us just don't, don't make a difference from the throne room. And that um, we have confidence in Christ to be there. And that these first uh, few verses that we look at about getting focused all help us uh, with our perspective change in, in not allowing the evil one to distract us or to, to try and use guilt and shame to keep us distant, but in reminding us that we're in Christ and, and in Christ we have access to the holy presence of the living God and, and what that looks like in our lives. So um, perspective is a funny thing. Like last week, um, before I, I actually preached the message last week, I had been uh, in my, I have a website, encourage2thankful5.com, that people go to. I start every day. I add five things there, and you can go all day and look at them. We have an app for it. People come and do it. And uh, I had started, because I was thinking about it, writing in there that I was thankful. One of the things I was thankful for was the throne room. And I get an email from somebody, and it said, oh, uh, I was really glad I came to church this week, and you cleared up the whole throne room thing. Before that, I kept thinking you were being thankful for the bathroom perspective. Not the throne room I was talking about. Not that I'm not thankful for the bathroom, but that wasn't what wasn't what I was listing. See, it's perspective. Today when I came to work, I uh I walked in and and I walked into Georgina's office and she's in there and she's working and we say hello and uh I have a t-shirt on and she looks at my t-shirt and says, "Oh, that's a scary t-shirt." And I was like, "What?" And I I, all I knew was that it was gray. And I looked down, and, and sure enough, down here on the side, there was a shark on it chasing a fish. And it was a Guy Harvey shirt. I hadn't even known it was there. And, and, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's a scary shirt. And then we proceeded on in our conversation for several minutes. What's happening? What messages have you got? What do I need to do? Here's some things I'd like done. We had, you know, general work kind of stuff, which is what we do after the greeting. And, and then so we, we processed for several minutes. And then at the end of that, Georgina looks at me and she says, oh, but I, I like your shirt. And, and see, here's, here's where things get different. I, I got to tell you that after she said something about my shirt, I didn't even know what was on my shirt, and it was gone. It was in the past. It was done. I didn't care. Scary not. I was, it was gray. That's all I knew. I put it on this morning. It fit. It didn't have any major stains on it. It works. I couldn't have told you what it was on there. It's just not something that I'm worried about. And, and somebody commenting on it, well, it great. But see, we have different perspectives because Georgina was like, I said something bad about his shirt. <laughs> I better make sure he's okay. And then I started teasing her like, oh no, I'm really hurt about what you said. I'm going to be texting my friends all day trying to figure out what you meant by it. Why, what did she mean by tech? My shirt was scary. Maybe I shouldn't wear this shirt. Here's a picture of my shirt. What do you think? <sighs> perspective right and see the reason that's important is and that's that's really not important why I bring it up is that this this part of getting focused 
uh, is about perspective. It's about knowing who God is. It's about knowing who you are in Christ. And, and in that, knowing then what matters and what doesn't. And, and looking at life differently to experience life. And that's what this whole first chunk of getting focused is really all about. Our scripture reading for today is Romans 12, 1 and 2 out of the message paraphrase. And it says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing, for what, God, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Now, our verse for today that I want to dig into with that sort of scripture reading in mind is Hebrews 10.20. It's the next one after Hebrews 10.19, where, Jesus, uh, where the writer of Hebrews says, By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. That's a tag along to 10.19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. All these references, you can run back into uh, Exodus and Leviticus and get some ideas of what's happening in the, in the, the temple that's being made, the, the tabernacle and the, the holy place and the most holy place separated by a curtain. And uh, there's a big deal for the high priest to get into the most holy place. Once a year, he has to go in there and sacrifice with a bull and two goats. And, and uh, one goat is sacrificed and the other is the scapegoat who's sent away and lives. And there's this whole thing that goes on. But, but what happens now is in Christ, we have access 24-7 to the most holy place because of what Jesus has done. The, the perfect sacrifice and, and the, the, the reason that our sins are remembered no more, which allows us into the presence of God. And it's this idea of a new and living way, a new way of living, a new living way. That's what I want to talk about today in the little bit of time that we have. So first point that I want to talk about is about new, new, N-E-W, first point, new. Second Corinthians 5.17 in the NIV says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, which we've been talking about, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Now, we talked about that because um, I think one of the struggles we have in that is we see that, but we don't feel like that much of a new creation. Um, we seem to be the same old creation we've always been. We have the same aches and pains. We have the same things going on. Um, and we, we go, well, I, you know, if this is as good as it gets, this isn't that good. Uh, but we're not. And, and scripturally, it says we're a new creation in Christ. Now, we started talking about that last week. Is now God sees us in Christ. And so when he looks at us, he sees us through the shed blood of Jesus. He remembers our sins no more. He doesn't see all that mess. It's this amazing deal. In, in him, with God now, you are a new creation. That's how he sees you. Brand new. Doesn't mean that you're free of mess, because you're not. You're still broken. But it's the way that you relate to God is in Christ. He sees you 
as a new creation. Does that give you license to go and do whatever you want? No, of course not. If, if that's your attitude, you haven't, you haven't got a hold of the way this thing moves in your life and the love that he has for you. Because what happens when you get about how much he loves you, you don't want to keep doing the same old mess. You want to stop. So, so it's not about that. It's just about knowing that you're new, that God is in the new business. There's a verse. I didn't make it in your notes. Revelation 21.5. It's one of my favorite verses. Just the first part. It says this, that he who is seated on the throne, we talked about being in the throne room, said, I am making everything new. I love that verse. I am making everything new. See, because to me, that's all about new mercies every day, a new day, a new start. A new life, new. Today is a new day. I wake up and I get a new cosmic do-over every day. And then I get do-overs throughout the day. And I love do-overs. I know we, we've talked about this, but uh, sometimes we don't remember stuff from our childhood. And, and uh, how, how there used to be games played. It used to happen all the time. And you'd, you'd start a game, a tag or something that was supposed to last a while. And, and, uh, or hide and seek, and somebody found you right away, and you'd go, wait, wait, I want a do-over. Anybody remember that? And they'd all give you one and start the game over. Oh, sure, do-over. Do you remember do-overs? I, I love do-overs. You know, the, the other thing that I wish carried over from childhood besides do-overs is naps. Because I didn't like naps then. I wish someone would come in after lunch and say, okay, time to make a nine-night every day. I would go, yeah. Roll out my little mat, grab 30. Wouldn't that be cool? They don't carry that over into adulthood. But the do-overs thing in Christ happens, and we get do-overs. And, and um, see, I get to enter his throne room as a new creation because of what Jesus has done. I'm forgiven in him. I'm presentable in him. I'm acceptable in him because in Christ, I am a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So perspective now, you're new. You may not feel new, you may not be acting new, but you're new in Christ. And you have to get a hold of that because it changes the way that you're going to look at life. Now the idea of living comes into play. It's point number two. What does living really look like in the kingdom and in Christ? John 10.10, 10, uh, Jesus said this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, the, the thief, the evil one, the enemy, he doesn't want you to experience full life in this new and living way. He wants to key, uh, try and keep you trapped in old and dead living. So you're, you're offered new living, and he wants to give you old, dead that's what, what the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal away the life that you can have in Christ. And one of the ways he does it is by trying to keep you focused on the old and dead. He tries to keep you from seeing yourself in Christ as a new creation. He wants to try and, and focus you on your mess, on your brokenness. He wants to use guilt and shame to keep you from full life, to steal, kill, and destroy the life that you should experience in Christ. And, and he, he wants to get you stuck in your past. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. Again, not in your notes, but, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. See, the thief doesn't want you to know about grace. He, he doesn't want you to have life. 
Now, I talk to a lot of people that are stuck. They're stuck in their past. They're stuck in their shame. They're stuck in their guilt. They're stuck in their anger. They're stuck in their hurt. And their perspective on life is passed through a series of old dead filters from old dead living. And people that are stuck in, in yesterday and all the bad things they've done and all the bad things that have been done to them don't experience life. And so you, you, you have to begin to realize that you can't change yesterday. The only thing yesterday can help you with is that hopefully it'll teach you about some things to do differently today. That's the, the definition of insanity, right? Most of you know that. Doing the same thing and expecting different results. But see, you're, that's, that's all that that should do. That's all that should do is it, it's sort of a, a teaching tool. But a lot of people just live back there. They spend every day living back there. Oh, this, this is what happened 10 years ago and what happened 15 years ago and what happened two years ago and what happened last week and this is what people did to me and then this is what I did that I shouldn't have done and this cycle gets up there and there's guilt and there's shame and there's worry and there's anger and there's mad and there's all that mess and there's no life in it. Absolutely no life because your perspective is, is on something that's old and dead. Your focus is not on something new and alive. It's on old and dead. You cannot do anything about it. Absolutely nothing. It's behind you. Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote this, Philippians 3, 12 through 14. You can read it later. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect in the natural, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. Jesus. Look, in Christ, everything looks different in Christ. My life looks different in Christ. Life is found in Christ because I'm a new creation in him. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna forget, I'm not going to live back there. I can't do anything about it back there. It never helps me, except maybe I can learn from it. That's the only good thing. The rest of it, not what I'm going to focus on. Just not. I get focused on that. You know what I keep doing? I keep doing the same stupid stuff over and over and over again. There's no life there. The enemy gets in, makes me feel guilty and ashamed, and I go right back to the things that make me feel guilty and ashamed. Because it, I, I, my perspective is, is wrong. I, I don't know. I don't focus on that I'm a new creation in him. I'm changed. The Holy Spirit living in me, I can make different choices. See, this perspective is found in his way. And that's the third part. His, this perspective is found in his way. New living way. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. His way, his will. Not the culture's way, which is a reflection of the life of the evil one. Not trapped in guilt, shame, fear, worry but having a throne room perspective on the full life of a disciple. Every day, I can enter into the glorious throne room of the living God, the most holy place, because I am a new creation in Christ. And I'm pressing on to the life that, that he's called me to. I'm, I'm living every day by trying to do the next right thing. I mess up routinely, 
But, but rather than let the enemy beat me up, I spin around and I run back to my heavenly papa, who I know loves me, and when I do, he grabs me and he, and he lifts me into his arms because he sees me as a new creation, and I say, Daddy, I messed up again. He says, okay, I forgive you. Now go and do the next right thing, and I'm back at it again. I get do-overs. But, but my perspective is on him and life found in him and what that means, because that's where life is found. And I can live in his new living way. And that's what we're shooting for every day. And we'll stop there. If you're watching by video or on TV, thank you so much for watching. Uh, God bless you. If there's anything we can do, you can call us, email us, write us. We'll do whatever we can. But we're going to close tonight with prayer.